welcome on into the uh, to the What You Spinning podcast or YouTube show, whatever the <laughs> fuck you want to call it, um, where we each pick an album for the week. We all listen to it, and then that weekend, or to all three, and that weekend we get on here and fucking talk about them. Um, I'm Hello. Dorian. Uh, I'll be kind of guiding the ship here, trying to, um, and then I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. George, the Miho. Miho. Jacob, Jake, second in command, lieutenant to, uh, (laughs) 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 big bets, big bets, Mijos. All right. So what, what one do we want to do first, boys? I don't, I don't know. You guys got to start first. Uh, let's go with Jacob. Jacob, what did you pick this week? Oh, boy. Okay. So, mine... Ah, I didn't think I'd go first, but okay. Mine, mine that I got, I... And, like, the theme of hip-hop that we were talking about, hip-hop. Um, I was spinning this week more than, like, a while. It's been a while that I've been spinning this. But this is uh, Blue in Exile, Miles. Um, it is it's their third studio album, I think, since uh, Below the Heavens. That was their first one. That was like in 2007. Yeah. That one is a classic. I was going to do that one, but I, didn't, I don't actually have the physical for it. But I wouldn't have done it. Gotcha. But that one is, that's their first one. Then they did a... Uh, Give me all the your roses while I can smell them or something. That was their second album. That was like in 2011, um, and then it took them a couple of years to actually like come up with another project. Um, and then in 2020 is when they actually dropped their third studio album, Miles. Um, and what do you guys think about it? Because I have a lot to talk about it, <laughs> and there is a lot to talk about. It's a pretty long album. I, yeah, I uh, so I listened to it the other day, uh, and man, that album for me, I feel like, um, I think to a lot of people, this might be a bad thing, but to me, I feel like it's a good thing. It doesn't have a lot of replayability to me, just because it's really heavy. Like, it's a really heavy emotional album. And when I listened to it, I was like, I, I went out to the store and I was riding my bike, and I was playing it, and I'm like, am I about to cry right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, he does get really emotional, and what I notice is that and it's a reoccurring theme with, with uh, Blue, is that he he doesn't really, like, flex with the lyrics or anything. He doesn't get, like, flashy with it or anything. Like, he's just always talking about how he feels. And he rhymes, like, really good. Um, and I, that was one of the things that really stood out uh, with that album. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like he was having fun, like explaining like what was going on in his life. And uh, you could definitely feel it <laughs> on that album. Uh, yeah. But that's pretty much like what I got out of it to sum it up in all in one. But yeah, I have uh, wrote down a couple of songs that I like, but I'll get to that later. But what do you think, Dorian? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a dense project. 
you know, it was a dense project to <laughs> listen to. Uh, fucking what rounded off about like over 25 songs, something like that, like almost two hour runtime, which is damn near unheard of for an album. Uh, but I mean, I guess it was uh, technically it was a double album, uh, you know, and it was what I thought was really interesting about it was it had a general vibe, you know, most albums do where it has a general vibe and then you kind of you're able to follow it. And the first part was very heavy, you know, hard hitting, you know, whether you want to call it emotional or just deep lyrics, what have you. And then like the last stretch and it's a very short stretch. It's like probably the last five to six songs. The vibe completely switches and it's a lot more upbeat, a lot happier. You know, it's like it was almost like watching seasons change, you know, kind of. It was like, it was almost like the first part, I, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, he's talking a lot about a lot of heavy shit, you know, talking about uh, all these people throughout history and like rap music and, you know, making a shit ton of references, which is one of my favorite things about the album was that it, it's very reference rich, whether he's just name dropping or, you know, referencing uh, big historical black figures in American history and all that shit. Uh, and then the last part, it was, so that was kind of like a winter kind of vibe, you know, like a bad weather, like gray vibe. And then the last like five to six songs completely switches. And I was driving around listening to it and it was pissing down rain. And I was like, man, this is like, this last little bit of this album is actually like perfect, would be like really good, like summer driving music, like super upbeat, like almost like spring, huh? Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, it kind of, I kind of went, whoa, what the fuck? When I heard it, that switch. It was very interesting. Uh, definitely threw me for a loop. Uh, Exile's production on it is fucking phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can tell that he's largely influenced by Madlib, which makes sense why him and Blue work together so well, because Blue has worked, you know, they have a full album, him and Madlib together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was very... effortlessly, huh? Exactly. They go together very well. And it's because of that production style. But yeah, it was, it was insane. Uh, even some like weird little almost interlude throwaway tracks that just sounded kind of funny that you're like oh this is actually pretty dope and then yeah yeah that that was that's that's what was hard for me when i picked this album is that just the runtime is pretty fucking long it's like (laughs) 4 30 and it's like 20 tracks um but it's it's one of those albums though I feel like that even if you're like just playing it just like on Spotify or if you're streaming it and if you just hit shuffle you could just listen to any song because any song of it oh, yeah. just flows like so well like it's just it's literally just jazzy beats jazzy production with like hard bars like just rhyme it's Every- really soulful that's the thing with it yeah it's like really soulful. get in bed <laughs> Nebs is uh, not out. no but yeah you can like you can really just like play like any song on this album and just like vibe with it because they all it's all just like jazzy beats and really like soulful soulful lyrics that like blue blue blues like he's like a legendary rapper like he he knows what he's doing to a point where like he his rhyme schemes and like what he talks about is like so in depth and some of it like it does go over my head um, mm-hmm. But like I try to catch on to most of it, and I'm like, oh dang, that's super good. Plus included with Exiles Productions, like with that jazzy, like you know, like hip, like soulful, um, like all the beats and stuff. Like you, you can't go wrong. Like you could play any song on this, and you just vibe with it. Like you know, 
it almost gets better the more you listen to it because then like you're saying like you catch on like to the other things that you're saying that you might have like missed or something yeah another point that i wanted to make is that it also because of that runtime like how long it is it feels like it really feels like a movie of this person's life in at this stage in his life um, I forget what song it was, but he was saying something about being broke and not being able to pay for his kids. But he said, fuck it, I'm here rapping. And I was like, that was when I was like, oh, damn, like, he's just in the moment right now. And he's really just talking about how, like, how he feels. Um, and back to the whole replayability thing is that I think because, like, you introduced this album, because I never listened to this album until you you pointed it out i mean there's a couple songs but i never fully listened to it but because of that replayability because it's so heavy i will listen to it when i'm going through something just so i could kind of like you know like be on the same page with with blue um and then exiles production making it soulful and, and even more emotional um and i feel like yeah if i'm ever going through something i think that's when I'll listen to the album. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing, you know? Um, but yeah, that album is pretty good. Like that song you're telling uh, or talking about, uh, Dorian, that uh, it's called, called uh, I think, Spread Sunshine, I think the song that it's called, um, that you might have to fact check that. To be honest, but what, uh, what, what it's he like mentioning about? all these all these dead rappers. Oh yeah, like, and uh, it's just like non. It's like a four minute song of him just mentioning from Guru to yeah. like Gangstar to um and shouting out people who still alive like Primo or DJ Premier um and like <laughs> dude he talks about so many people and it's ridiculous it's crazy I almost couldn't believe it as I was listening to it I was like. You hear songs within rap and hip hop, like giving a shout out to someone who died, right? But this song was just like a love note to all of those rappers and how much he appreciates those people and what they did for him and his career right now in in rap. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty pretty heavy, but it's yeah, it's definitely like a solid solid album. It's a movie, dude. Yo, last night was a movie. Last night was a movie. <laughs> he always, <laughs> in that song specifically, he like always, he like every bar, he like mentions someone. Like every yeah. every verse, like he'll name drop somebody. Like he'll name drop Biggie, Tupac. He even like goes back, he goes back to like uh, jazzy because this album is really jazzy. He even talks about Miles Davis, like he brings up Miles Davis, like the, the impact. Song, that Miles Davis, yeah. Yeah, like there's even a song on this called uh, Miles, Miles, I think Miles Davis. Yeah, Miles Davis, yeah. track number four. Like there's like Miles Davis, that like my like highlights of this album, I'd say. Um, True and Living, because that song is, is real. Is True and Living the one with the, the flowers on the, on the yeah. album? No, that's that's their that's their other album. That album, it's like, give me my flowers, but I can still smell them. It, it's like a different. But there's a song on this album. It's true and living. That song I really like because I feel like that's something in hip hop a lot. 
I've noticed um, a lot of hip hop artists, they at some point in their careers, they'll like bring up um, not specifically religion, but more than anything, like a higher power, like God, um, or they'll talk yeah. about um, like their ancestors or they'll talk about very privately. Yeah, just like another like a, a greater being that they're like grateful for that they like come up from. And that's something that in that song specifically and throughout the album, like it's it's a talking point that he always brings up, like he'll always bring up like like this and that. And then he'll bring up like a God reference or like a religion reference to kind of show that like he still has like his morals, like he's still in the right place because um, it's not really like it's not like a like a hardcore like hip hop album where it's like grimy or it's like a bunch oh, of like, yeah, yeah. Old street stuff like it's just a bunch of like soulful like jazzy like vibing like hip-hop like it's something that you could just drive by like on a sunny day and it plays and you just let it ride out definitely know? a sunny day type vibe yeah yeah but yeah it's uh yeah i i was like it was one of my favorite albums in 2020 when it came out when it dropped um and I was like, man, I I I been having this on my mind, and I was spinning it, so I was like, gotta have the Migos listen to it, you know. <laughs> and I think true, so true. Living was the first song that I've heard off the album, and it came. Shout out to Spotify because their discovery playlist is always on point. Yeah. Uh, and I say that song, but I never listened to the album. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm glad you brought that up because now I listen to it, and I'm like, damn right um but yeah dude it's just it's a really heavy good project like i kind of it kind of reminds me of um kendrick lamar's to pimple butterfly just because it's heavy it's heavy it's not like you could just bump it like any day or anything like that it's for i mean for for me personally but when you do listen to it it like it's it's good it's one of those things, and I I do pre- I I completely agree with the to Pimp a Butterfly comparison because it is true, but to take kind of what you said and kind of tweak it a little bit, uh, it's at a surface like when you listen to it on a deeper level, you're like, oh, this shit's actually like meaningful. This is actually fucking saying something. But at a surface level, when you just hear it in passing, it's not like these are bangers, like. I was listening to it, you know, obviously. Because production, huh? Exactly. Well, no, not even that. It's just like, oh, some of this, like, yeah, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to take the ox at a house party and, you know, put on fucking <laughs> Miles Davis, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or put on These Walls by Kendrick, you know, off of, t- off of T-Pab, but it, they're bangers at the surface level, but then when you really listen to it, it's like one of those things that, you know, you could see a homie head bop into it and be like, yo, actually, like, take some time to listen, listen to this. Like, pull up the lyrics, like, do all this shit. Listen to this. It's a banger at, at its at its face value, but behind that, it's much deeper meaning, and that's uh, what I really like about both of those albums, you know, and it's uh, kind of interesting. Um, I yeah, do have something to say. It kind of goes back to what Jacob was saying, too, when he was saying that, you know, when you listen to again there is certain things that you miss yeah because yeah it is deeper than just you know the surface level but i mean it is dope on the surface level like you're saying too yeah yeah i hadn't ever heard this album until uh jacob and i started talking music and we uh shared us and we made a spotify playlist and 
he had put I think like three he put Miles Davis True and Livin and then another track off of this and I was like dude this is fucking sick I was like this is dope and then when he said like as soon as he sent that snap we're all in that Xbox party and I'm sure you guys remember me I was like fucking bet I was like let's go I haven't actually listened yeah. to this full thing but what I have heard off of it is fucking incredible so let's let's get it I'm ready <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 it's a it's one of those albums that for sure like when it comes on you kind of have to just write it out because it's really meaningful it took them they started it they started production on it in 2017 um and it took them almost three years to like actually complete the album um like they they went through a they went through like even a whole trap like album that they scrapped and in like making this album so it took them like Three years and I'm glad they I'm glad they just started. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they did it right for sure. When it when it dropped, it was definitely one of the greater albums in, in 2020. Did, do you know if they released like any single for that album before they released it? They definitely I could imagine True and Living was probably a single. True, yeah. uh, I know that uh what song is it? Blue as I can be. That song is a banger. I know that probably was might might have been a single. What up, all that? I would imagine you ain't ever been blue. Probably would have been a single off of there too. That's probably that's probably my favorite song off of the album. Just that vocal sample, the you ain't ever been, and then just yeah, just dude, it's so insane. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any song that stood out you guys in terms of like uniqueness or something like that? Like not even. I mean, it's all good, but I'm saying like maybe a track that maybe you thought wasn't that great, but you thought it was unique. Is there any track on there that you think? Yes, let me pull like it that? up on. Let me pull it up on fucking Spotify right now. I know. My... Yeah, I, did, I forgot to write that one, but I have one too. Um, it it had like a reggae like thing to it, and it, uh, it African dream stood out to me. African yeah. dream was a song like that for me. I was like, this isn't. I was like, I wouldn't exactly go out of my way to listen to this personally, but I was like, this yeah. is a fucking in very interesting idea and concept for this song. You know, it's it has like that super islandy reggae vibe, and then it's just like, oh, holy fuck! They're <laughs> this guy's spitting like it's like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a, it sounded like almost like a, it, it almost sounded like a. Uh, an Afro Man track at first. I was like, "What the hell is yeah. this?" And then yeah. it like it kept going, it and I was like, "Oh damn, okay." So much. Yeah, I was like, "It's a great execution." Yeah, great execution. Not something I listened to like go out of my way, like I said, but I thought the execution on that was incredible. It stood out though, huh? And I think that's what was important for that. I feel like I feel like almost every album has to have that one track that just stands out. That's like kind of like a uh, an experimenting like an experiment and if it goes over well then they're like okay this is as an artist they're probably like let me venture off in this in that in that zone yeah. and explore that like yeah. avenue right uh, but it's always a risky move for someone to do yeah uh, but that's why it's buried it like, and like those, those those tracks where it's uh where it's a super bold move like that, you notice it's never at the beginning and it's never at the end of the album. It's always like fucking buried, it's like in the dead middle. Yeah. Where it's like this is a we are we are taking a long ass shot here. 
uh, with putting this out. We like it, you know, but we don't necessarily want this to be what people's first impression or last impression of this album is. So we're just going to throw it in the middle because, yeah. you know, and, and who the hell knows, maybe it'll be someone's favorite album or favorite song off the album. Snoop Dogg said, fuck it. <laughs> I'm Snoop Lie now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, what uh, what albums did you guys pick out for for this? Who's do we want to do next? I feel like we talked about Miles for like thirty minutes. <laughs> we talked about it for a solid twenty. Oh okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whichever. George, can you even hear us? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I was trying to sit down. Oh no. Which one do you want to do next, George? Do you want to do yours or mine? Um, doesn't matter to me. Let's let's talk Illmatic. Let's talk. Let's talk George's. I did just say what it was, but go ahead and introduce it. All right. Yeah. So Illmatic. Um, because we, this whole music thing started off because we all started talking hip hop just like random, and then it just one day we're me and Jacob, and also you were listening to Boldy, and then I decided Boldy. to get drunk and add you guys into a Snapchat, and I, I called it "If It Ain't Boldy." Yeah, because because I I wanted to actually tell this story because this is actually fucking hilarious. So George yeah. <laughs> George got on a sick one, made a group chat called "If It Ain't Boldy." Dot dot dot. Added me and Jacob to it. Um, that name was because I went off on george and jacob in our main group chat with like how many people are in that now? Oh, yeah, like, fucking 12, <laughs> like 10 or 12 <laughs> there's like 10 people in this group chat and uh i was at work it was like i was kind of pissed off that day and i tried saying something about music and I think I was like trying to talk about pop smoke or something, and George just went off and was like, "I don't know why people think pop smoke's so great." Blah blah blah. They only like him because he's dead. Right. Going right, on. I don't want to. I don't want to discredit him. I'm not. I'm not on this podcast talking shit about. No, people. I know. I know. I just. I need to understand personally. Me personally, like that's not the type of music that I that I really go it for. Ain't man, it ain't it ain't like yeah, and so. George had this hot ass take, and I was like, "All right, dude." Hot take, dude. And, hot take. and so I said, "I was like, y'all motherfuckers are a bunch of hip hop elitists in here. Like, if it ain't boldly, just wipe your ass with it, huh?" I was like, "I'm over here trying to talk about decent music, yeah. just trying to, you know, get some opinions or expand your music taste. But if it ain't boldly, just wipe your ass with it, huh?" <laughs> yeah. that's, that's where if it ain't boldly. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ongoing so, joke. That's the ongoing that joke. That happened, but. That hot take birth, this, you know, thing of us always discussing hip hop. Um, and I feel like I can't, like, really talk about hip hop without acknowledging Illmatic, man. Yeah. Um, when I found this album, I was in freshman year of high school and had a iPod Touch and I had Pandora. And I remember adding uh, a Kanye West um, radio station, right? And um, a song called Still Dreaming by Nas came on, and it was because Kanye West produced the track, and then he was also on it. Um, and then because of that, I was like, damn, this dude Nas sounds really cool. I'm like, what is... Uh... So I started a radio station called Nas, or like a Nas radio station. The first song that comes up 
NY State of Mind. Of course. And I'm listening to it. And it just starts off like he's literally in the booth and he's like, like, all right, I don't know how to start this shit. Rappos, I'm up here flipping what the fuck you read about me kicking. And I'm like, dude, what the hell? He just like went off immediately. And then the beat is so grimy. He's talking about like how his he's talking about so much like crazy shit in that song. And his his lyrical flow is just something I hadn't heard before. Like I've listened to at the time, like I was still discovering like a lot of different types of like hip hop and stuff. Um, thanks to Pandora, but like everything that I heard from him was just something I've never heard before. And I just thought it was so crazy. Um, and then like, you know, I remember like kids in high school, we're talking about like um what was that label called that Lil Wayne was on? It was like uh Young Young Money. <laughs> yeah, Young Money or Is something it? like okay. that. And I remember YM, they would not stop talking. Yes. 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 Um, and I remember getting I'm not trying to discredit like Lil Wayne or anything like that. Um, yeah. but I just I couldn't believe like they're listening to that. And then I found this dude called Nas and I'm listening to it all the time. And I didn't bother to Google or like YouTube, like Nas or anything. Like I just was reading like the little, at the time um, Pandora had uh, like a little paragraph of, of who this artist is and like how he came up and everything like that, right? And that's all I read, and I just kept it to myself. And I'm like, man, nobody's listening to this. This is amazing. Like, I can't believe nobody knows about this. And then later, I, I like go on YouTube and I look up interviews, and I was so ignorant. I thought that nobody knew who Nas was, and I immediately found out that Nas had such an impact on hip hop. And I'm like, what the yeah. hell? No, dude, it's um, like. What is, what is there not to say that's already been said about Illmatic and Nas? Like, literally, like, it is... Well, the like, thing is, it's like he... So I found out that he dropped out school when he was in eighth grade. And then, you know, there was a lot of interviews that I've seen and stuff, and he literally just, like, read dictionaries. Like, he would just read a dictionary. And that's how he came up with, like, all these crazy flows and everything. That's how he was able to do that at 17 years old. You know? It's just so, like, it's, it's inspiring because it's like, wow, if you really put your mind to it, you could accomplish anything. This man is a hero. Um, and just, like, the production list on that album. Like, he was nobody. And all of a sudden, you got Q-Tip, you got DJ Premier, you got Large Professor, you had all these other producers Rock. that were very prominent in hip hop at the time. And all of a sudden, let Nas do his thing. They made the beat for him. And now it's like one of the most prized albums in hip hop. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just insane. No, that, what, that do you, is, what do you guys think about it? Dude, like, if you think about hip hop in the 90s, that is like one of the talking points that comes up is Nas. Especially Illmatic, because yeah. that album, like, and 
the album came out, what, 94? 1994. Yeah. yeah. What else came out in 94? Like, uh, wasn't Baby, that Ready Baby. to Die? Or was that 91? Ready, so... yeah, Biggie, Ready to Die. That's what was like so like impactful because like Biggie was rapping like West Coast, like California style, and the Nas was the sound of East Coast I rap. I think Ready to Die might have came out in the 90s. Somebody fact check it. Fact check it. Yeah, let me fact check it. I want to say... I, so I that's to my point now. and your point also is that so I'll inspire a new world of, of hip-hop like a new grimy wave because Big L released an album 1996, crazy album, very dark and grimy. And then the infamous by Mob Deep, also 96. And then Ready to Die by Biggie, which I think is 96, I'm about to fact check it. But it just birthed a whole new wave of, of artists really yeah. exploring the dark side of, of, of the way they grew up. And New York at the time was definitely crazy. Like you had all these different blocks, all these different like Queens, uh, Brooklyn. You had um, the Bronx. Like these are all areas that birth like very, very tough lyricists. Yeah. Uh, just so and, I was fact checking. Ready to die. Ninety four. So we had like two of the biggest okay. albums, two of the biggest yeah. albums in hip hop history came out within fucking months of each other. Same year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Here, let me even Both see. I'm going to like, get it down too. to the month. That's what's crazy about it. Like the fact that Nas came out with that album in that year and it had, even to this day, dude, you'll still hear people talk about it and play it. Oh, and yeah. it's still carrying, like it's one of those albums that is a classic. It is yeah. a classic. Yeah, there's no denying it. When it dropped, like it was a hard classic. Like just everything about it, production, Nas himself, his storytelling on his fucking on all the songs. Like it's it really is accessible. And it's like that East Coast it started it paved the way for like all of the East Coast rappers. Like Mob Deep came up yeah. right right next to it, like right side by side. Um, all the other like newer like generation, like 2000, 2010, if you want to get into it, like they're still like carrying backpacking like off of what Nas did. And, yeah. and then and, arguably Jay-Z too, right? Because there was, uh, yeah. what was his album? Was it called Reasonably Doubt? Yeah. Uh, I think it also might have came out in 94. But yeah, another thing about it, like to talk about, like, I mean, it, it was literally like a bomb got dropped on the game at that point and oh, it was yeah. and it was yeah. and it was almost it was almost like a volcanic eruption actually because it affected it still has like jacob said it has lingering effects to the game to this day and i have a question for you all about it actually might this be one of the most like obviously hip-hop hip-hop and rap it's all sampled like all of it is sampled from some place or another or hand you know very rarely is it handmade might this be the most sampled hip-hop album of all of like this current generation because i was listening to it and i was like oh my god like half of this stuff is like being used in songs from like the past decade um like uh, what is it god damn it think it definitely the world is, is yours is. the world is yours that got world sampled uh on nike's oh. on my feet by mac miller all the time yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah yep. 
and it's just stuff like that i'm like good god and also another thing about like because i didn't get into nas until after or like actually listened to him until i was already pretty deep into listening to rap music and you know you hear people talk about nas and how influential that album is i didn't think he would sound like that like that higher pitched voice it's kind of like my thing with west side gun like his name sounds aggressive as fuck and then you oh, listen dude, to him yeah. he's like like he's just flexing i'm like hey, a, i'm like what the hell is this yeah <laughs> yeah no but for sure like classic album like you can't you can't say anything that hasn't already been said about Illmatic. like the appraisal that it gets you just being such you know, a put it simply album. to put it simply you can't have a conversation of hip-hop or rap without mentioning Illmatic. It comes up all the time. You ask all these rappers and you could watch all these interviews where they ask you, oh, these are your top five. Nas is always on that top five. Yeah. Dude. It is crazy. With good reason, I think. With absolutely good reason. Like, Oh, without a doubt. And the fact that like that was like one of, like, that was like his starting album. Like, that was like the album that he like came out with because he he must have mixed came, mixed came out with a banger but yeah the fact that he had such well, a strong lineup for it and like it dropped when it did like it's legendary and i i honestly don't know the connections that he has had because there are stories of him like rapping for biggie like freestyling for him and stuff like that and then like there was this group called the main source and Nas went up there a, a kid fucking went up there on stage with main source and literally spit such a hard freestyle and I think that's when everybody was like who's that yeah and with good reason like oh my god like the way this guy can again tell a story like there's very few people that i like there's kendrick kendrick definitely comes to mind when i think about who can like tell a story and kendrick is definitely one of them uh nas and like a couple other people uh and it's just insane you know and i could transitioning into my ability mf doom was one of those people he would create like this this whole fantasy world and you were sucked into it of him being a mad villain <laughs> you know like yeah it's yeah i don't know do you guys have any more thoughts on that like you what was uh are there any songs that you guys really like off the album uh, dude i mean the classics like ny state of mind um fucking what's that last song on there um let me i gotta look at it but it's just banger. It ain't hard to tell banger man it ain't hard to tell it ain't hard to tell yeah that song i i used to listen to that song like every other day when i was in high school out like just like the way he looks and like it's, oh, like, it's just, just like not even he's like not even trying like he's just like he's just like rapping and it's just flowing like off the tongue like that song um, life's a bitch we were bumping that last time we were gonna 
going to uh, a <laughs> to gateway grill. Yeah. 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 What is there not to say about Elmatic? Yeah. Like, I think uh, The World Is Yours is probably my favorite song off of there. If I had to pick one that wasn't one of the iconic bangers. Uh, one thing I did, like, I really wish that Q-Tip would have, like, actually spit a verse on One Love. That One was Love, a, yeah. That was, a perfect, that was a perfect track for him to hop on, and all he did was a hook. Yeah. I was actually, I had, I had actually forgotten about that song until I went back and listened to this album this week. And I was like, fuck. I was like, man, why couldn't they just, like, Q-spit? Like, yeah. that was a perfect <laughs> beat know, for him, because right? he produced it. It was like, dude, it's like, just let the man hop that on. That song could have been, that beat alone could have been on a track called Quest. Exactly. It's, it was like it was like beat <laughs> like, times in yeah. life. It sounded like something right yeah. off of the album. I was like, damn. I was like, yeah. He probably was, to be honest. <laughs> it was probably Lucy. He probably just like gave it to Nas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, it ain't nothing off my back here. You can have this beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think One Love is definitely one of my favorites. It Ain't Hard to Tell and Memory Lane. That's a good um, one, too. Yeah, that for one. me, I think yeah. one love might stand out the most just because the video. I don't know if you guys seen the music video. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had one. Man, like it just whoever like directed directed that and shot it. Holy cow! It 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 went perfectly with what he was saying, which was you know his homie got locked up and he was just telling. Him, like what's going on on the block like what's going on around you know his his family like how his girl is doing how his mom's doing you know how his daughter's doing uh and he, he's all just like saying this to him and within the video like he gets the letters and he's reading it and he's, he gets mad he gets sad it's angry he shows it to his homies in prison and they're all just looking at him they're like oh man nas wrote back uh and it's it's a really cool, cool video, man. I, you guys should check it out. But I think One Love might be my favorite one. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to watch. check that music video out. That sounds awesome. That sounds badass. Really cool. Dude, I know I'm ready to talk about Dorian's album. I, knew, I knew Dorian was going to bring this up. I was like, someone's going to bring it up. It's got to be Dorian. And it's got to be the first episode. We got to yeah. do it on the first episode. <laughs> so George kind of alluded to it earlier. But we got another just atomic bomb to the rap game. We've got Mad Villainy mm-hmm. by Mad Villain. Probably, uh, I'm, I get goosebumps every time I get a chance to fucking nerd out about this album. Not even lying. Um, this is one of those albums that like when you hear it and if you actually like it and you latch onto it, it is an album that will change your life. Um, oh, I remember the first time I heard it, I uh, was driving around with my homie Dylan, and I had just wrecked my car, like totaled it. I had hit a deer, and we're driving around in his like '99 Chevy Blazer. All he had was a cassette player, didn't have one of those headset jack things or the headphone jack things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like connected to the tape. (laughs) I took him to House of Records when he got this, when he got his license and got this car, because we he collected records too. He bought one cassette. And it was fucking Mad Villain. And I was like, I had never heard it. I hadn't really listened to Doom. I had I actually had no idea. I had never listened to Doom at all. And we just went on a drive. Like, we just did aimless shit in his car and listened to this whole album. And um, my God, dude. From, from the start of the album, uh, 
the super villain the super villain skit right that intro even though it's just like a skit but that right at the end where he's like two very nice boys who just happen to be on the wrong side of the law and then you get the from accordion and it's like bro like in my opinion albums that are meant to be played cover to cover are some of the most beautiful pieces of art in music across any genre not even just hip-hop and this is like the best example of it uh because everything like the outros to songs you listen to them on spotify in a playlist and and you're almost shooting yourself in the foot like it is almost an album like unless it's there's like a couple songs that i'll like put on out of context out of context you know not listen to the album in full but if I'm listen, if I want to listen to anything off Mad Villainy, I'm playing the whole thing. It's only 45 minutes long. Another yeah, thing that I sure. that I forgot to mention about Illmatic, we went from talking about the longest album of the three to talking about the shortest. Uh, Miles clocks in at an hour 35, and it's an hour longer than Illmatic. Illmatic's only like 37 minutes long. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. not that long. <laughs> and it, he also has like a very short track list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of the songs are, I think are like closer to pushing like four minutes, but they're usually around that three minute range. Exactly. But yeah, it's like a relatively short track list. And so, uh, just to educate that don't know, uh, Mad Villainy is a is an album dropped in two thousand four uh, by a group called Mad Villain. Uh, that group or it was a duo, uh, MF Doom. Uh, doing most of the MCing and Mad Lib with the production. Um, probably one of the best examples of both as far as talent goes and on on a record. Uh, MF Doom has some of the craziest verses of his entire career on this album. Uh, and it was one of the most, it was again, one of the most influential things. Came out 10 years after Illmatic. Um, there are people that like you could look it up and there's hours and hours of footage of people that are absolutely massive in the game, like most deaf, just going off about this album, just losing their mind. Tyler, the creator, all of odd future at a, at a festival and seeing doom live. And they're rapping along to every single song he played off of this. Like to hear someone like (laughs) most deaf praising. Exactly. I'm like, that's already like, Wow, you know that's that's like the ongoing joke about like MF Doom and Mad Lib and like Mad Villainy that it it is like your rappers your favorite rapper's favorite rapper yeah like you can't you can't not like MF Doom and like just that duo that they had coming onto this album dude insane insane I, I love- want to say it's not even a duo to be honest because they have so many like alter egos yeah and that's so that's that is one of just, my, it blows my mind so you know? there's and so this is another one where even like the interludes on this album you don't skip and like these weird little they're there's they're literally good. just instrumentals there's literally just like little instrumentals bistro, that, bistro, bistro that's is a, my favorite i love that song and if you listen to what doom's saying in that song uh he's shouting out every other alter ego that they have yeah he's like we got King Ghidra on the mix, yesterday's new quintet, Victor Vaughn. It's like, oh my god, dude. I like how Bistro um, really stands out to me because it sounds exactly like uh, Knowledge, the dream album. That Uh song sounds like 
the whole project, the whole project that that knowledge had on Dream. You listen to that song and you go listen to Dream and you're going to be like, oh, this is this is clearly where knowledge got this. Yeah, it's a direct got- correlation. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the coolest things to me and one of my favorite one of my favorite tracks off of this is uh, it's right toward the end. It's like one of the last. OK, so yeah, track 17, Fancy Clown. Uh, talking about Doom's Doom's rapping, and he features Victor Vaughn, his other alter ego, and it's talking about Doom's girl cheating on him with Victor Vaughn, and they are like trading verses and shit. It's phenomenal. It is so good. And then um, an interesting thing that I'm I think you guys know I've talked to George about it is when this album was being made, it was unfinished, like it was bare, like it hadn't been. Uh, mixed yet you know it was basically done hadn't been mixed or anything or mastered it got stolen and leaked online this is in the early days of leaks on the internet and they didn't know how it happened or who did it but they were so pissed that they said screw it we're not like that's unofficial obviously they came out and said that's not the album that's it's not done clearly you can hear it it's not done they said screw it we're not going to release it for another year it was they MF's both, Doom, uh, MF's Doom, uh, Doom <laughs> alter ego called Metal Fingers. I was leaking it online. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they, yeah. <laughs> they said, screw it. We're not going to release it. So they both went yeah. and did other music. Doom went and did Take Me to Your Leader under the King Ghidra uh, moniker and debuted Victor Vaughn with Vaudeville Villain. Madlib went and did champion sound with jay dilla mm-hmm. an incredible project but all three of those are insane projects oh yeah i think we could all agree that in terms of beat production alone i think mf doom mad lib and jay dilla are like the tree the trifecta of like producers that are underground and that are like far, like they're on the far left field. They're so removed from what's, what's going on over here. And I feel like a lot of people like identify with that because they feel like they're kind of left out and stuff. And so they, when they hear that type of music, they're like, oh shit, they're doing something fucking really tight. And yeah. you, like I could identify with this. It's 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 it's, a, it's really is like stuff you haven't heard like for example accordion like that song is like it comes up so quick in the album that it just throws you off like you hear that uh yeah. you hear the accordion sample and you're like what is this and then you hear yeah, like it's snaps. you hear the drums and you hear everything come in and then you hear the bars and it's like it's like accordion and Figaro yeah Figaro yeah Figaro is fucking I love Figaro um even the bars on this album dude i do agree with doran that uh doom spits like one of the like his most iconic bars like um meat grinder you know tripping off the meat grinder that song also like really good um living living off borrow time the clock ticks faster like all of these songs that they're like they're clever like one-liners that he sang that they like they stood the test of time but it's funny it's like it's a one-liner but it forms into a whole fucking yeah bar of just 
witty shit that connects one after another. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we could all agree that maybe MF Doom, I want to say most death is, but honestly, MF Doom probably takes a cake on how witty you could get. Like, I don't know any other rapper that's that witty with his, his lyrics and that his quick, setup. that quick, you know? Yeah. The way it's he just, sets it, it up. Yeah. The way the setup too, because it's like, like yeah. he does like foreshadowing as well too. Yeah, right. It's like you'll hear him; he'll be spitting on this album, especially on this. He'll be spitting, and you're like, "Oh, like the punchline to this is gonna come up," and then it's just like he's alley ooping himself playing, uh, playing pool basketball. You know, he's just setting himself up, and then like three bars later, he finally delivers the punchline. Yeah, and. Like on Great Day, one of the one of my favorite rap lyrics of all time is he's like, uh, "I wish they'd fit uh, fix the door to the Matrix. There's mad glitches. Uh, spit so many verses, sometimes my jaw twitches. One thing this party could use is more <clears throat> booze." Ooh. And you're like, "God <laughs> damn it, dude! You're yeah. like, how? How did it's, you think I, of that?" I love that because you you're he's he's like rapping. He's he's matching syllables with syllables. You were you're expecting like him to match it, but then he just hits you with or booze like you know and then he wraps that with another like sentence like it's that's what's so crazy his one-liners like the way he sets up and delivers it um fucking i forget what song it is but um where he's like a how can he hold heat and preach non-violence uh, oh i heard that i can't that's remember right that. after he's like damn it you gotta start a speech come on that's like he's raid yeah, like he, like Rain? the fact that he says that, and he said, "I have that song oh, right here." <laughs> you got that written down. The fact that he, he, <laughs> yeah, said, he like says that, like he builds it up. He's like, "How can you hold heat and preach nonviolence?" And then he says, "He's like, calm down. He's about to start a speech. Come on, silence." Like he's like, he's like aware of what he's saying, and he's like doing it like a third party, like a third person in the background, like, "Hey, like." Like listen to like what he's saying. Like the way that he he's just so witty with his wordplay and like the way that he matches everything. Like it's it really is insane. I think it's the way he writes because I don't know if you guys like follow comedy a lot, but I do. And there's a certain way that they write comedy. They have the initial part, the setup, and then they have the punchline, and then they end it with going back to the beginning and then when they go back to the beginning they're like people in the audience are like oh shit you connected everything and it all makes sense and that makes it more funny yeah and that's what that's what mf dude constantly does with all of his songs all of his lines like he sets you up he delivers the punchline and you think it ends there nope he connect he says something else that connects it back to the beginning it's his writing style that's comedic and it is comedic. Like you hear it and you want to laugh, but yes. also you're like, "Damn, <laughs> that was hard as hell." Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I would consider myself like a casual listener of MF Doom. Like, there was always songs that I found and I always liked it, and then I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna check out his album later," but I never got to it. But Accordion and Figaro off Mad Villainy were songs that came up on my discovery on Spotify and I liked yeah. it. But I just never went back and, and listened to it. Yeah. Um but the source um Doomsday the Operation Doomsday and Mm Food were t- 
two albums that I mean, it almost at this point it's like everybody knows like right. those two albums. Yeah. Um, but the song Doomsday was the first song that I actually listened to uh, by MF Doom. Um, it was just so different. Like I was saying earlier, it was just so left field. Left field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like it just, you know, it made people who feel like, uh, who were into rap, but were into them like mainstream thing. And it, I don't even mean it in like a hipster way. I'm just saying like, you know, no, they just yeah. wanted something different. And they, they heard people like MF Doom and we're like and, and quasimodo and we're like the fuck is this like this is different like this is it's exciting you know to hear something uh so new and so refreshing even though it's been there for a long time yeah it's early 2000s like mad villainy right yeah and it's it's like the and like it goes back to the your favorite rapper's favorite rapper quote right yeah is that people will get influenced by him and make completely different music because of how unique he was and how goddamn talented he was, uh, mm-hmm. both on the mic and on the boards production wise, like, Oh God. Yeah. And metal dude, fingers. His, dude, that whole metal fingers instrumental series, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, he's, he's an acquired taste. His solo work, all of his work is a, is an acquired taste. Anything that was done by him, whether it's any of the aliases himself, mad Melanie, very acquired taste because it's not mainstream but you look at all of the people that were influenced by this dude and god it's like the, all of these guys are huge like we mentioned tyler the creator most up all these guys massive now you could even throw like talib kali under that umbrella just because yeah um, mac miller yeah yeah you could even throw talib kali under that umbrella as well because he worked with uh most F and created black star right you know exactly. and it had very similar it had more of a funky vibe, but it kind of rolled off of Jay Dilla style and as well as uh, MF Doom style and even Madlib, you know? Right. So I think Madlib, Jay Dilla, and MF Doom are like the trifecta of like underground beats, you know? Yeah, they definitely, definitely paved the way. This album, it especially, like it really like, put people to the ear of to the underground. Like it let people right. know like there was another scene going on that they weren't aware of. And even to this day, you can still see it still comes up. People talk about uh, MF Doom. This is one yeah. of the most iconic like Mad Villainy. Like the other day I have a MF Doom shirt. Uh, I wore it to the gym and I was like working out and then some like guy that I had never seen at the gym like showed up. He was a younger guy. He 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 was like in his teens. And he told me, he was like, hey, I like your shirt. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, you, you like MF Doom? He's like, yeah, I like MF Doom. I'm like, and he's like, I'm listening to it right now. I'm like, dude, like the fact that it has just that big of an impact that like people recognize it, it being so underground and starting so like small and cliche, but to the extent that it's gone now, we're like, it's like a well-known, like just. Jacob, you flexing that hard, you gotta show up with an MF Doom shirt to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> dude, <laughs> you I flexing, dude. I had to, you know, you gotta show support. You gotta show support to the to what you what yeah, you, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I got so I got two friends, um uh Javi and 
Thomas who like are selling sneakers and stuff. Um, and Thomas has food and he has Operation Doomsday on vinyl. And he also bought MF Doom's shoes. I he has the shoes. Those, those, yeah, those, uh, those dunks look insane. They look so cool. Yeah. They're like really expensive though. He <laughs> wants to sell them, but he's like, he just can't let them go, dude. And I don't blame him. I would keep them fucking forever. Yeah. Um, and then he also has like a, a another one that's kind of like a. I think they are MF Doom shoes. I think he said, but they got repainted, so they're not like really like anything like that special or anything. But he has like the OG sh- shoe that he had. Yeah. And it's just like insane to to think about, you know. But the the fact that MF Doom has so many aliases and so much so that like he even had a shoe that people are trying to buy for like thousands of dollars is what the fuck, you know? His impact on hip hop arguably bigger than not. <laughs> at this point you know honestly and then yeah. unfortunately because after he passed it only made it even bigger like his legacy is is still going which is really cool um yeah dude yep uh one last thing before we wrap up here did y'all notice that there's just a dead ass quasimodo track on this album like dune's not even on it yep Shadows yeah, of Tomorrow. It's, a, it's just a straight called? Quasimodo yeah, track. Yeah, Shadow of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Shadow. bro, so so funny to me. But those are those are kind of like the hopes when I when I first heard this album like years ago, and I'd hear the instrumentals because some of the songs are just instrumentals. I was like, yeah. if he rapped on these, it would be insane because some of the instrumentals are like hard as hell, like they're super ill and like. They're they're just instrumental. Like it, no one's even saying anything on it. It's just the beat. So if he would have added something on it, that's like my only regret that I have with the album is if there would have been like some more someone else like on the mic. But other than that, man, like classic album for sure. Oh yeah. So with uh, Shadow of Tomorrow, I was so like I have to fact check this, but Madlib released an album called uh, Shades of Blue. And on that album, he has a song called, um, what's it called? Stepping in Tomorrow. Yeah. And on that track, Shadow of Yesterday, he says lyrics that are almost the same on that track from, uh, what did I just say? Stepping in Tomorrow? Uh, and uh, yeah, it just, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing to see like all these influences throughout hip hop that have really shaped and paved the way to new underground stuff or like mainstream stuff. I know it's changed, like there's a lot of different um, genres and stuff like that, but it's definitely so interesting to, to see and to see this grow literally as we're going as well to see what's going on in the hip hop rap community. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, 100%. So, any final thoughts on Mad Villain or anything like that? Alrighty. Well, uh, 10 out of 10. 
10 out of 10. All of these albums, phenomenal. I think we did a great job this first episode. Some really profound things were said, had had a good time. Uh, let's go in the order that we went with the albums. Uh, we'll tell the album for next week uh, right here. It'll be documented. Uh, Jacob, what is your album for next week? I have not thought about this. <laughs> you got to pick one. I told you that. I told you. Well, actually, Dorian, you could think about it. Dorian, what do you, do you know your album that you want to use? For? I do. I've got it right here. Let me get it. Macho Libre. <laughs> you ruined the fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> the right. joke. This isn't actually what I'm picking. This isn't actually what I'm picking. <laughs> Jacob, you ruined the fucking joke, like, dude. To be honest, I, I would not be able to fight. <laughs> George, I know you're not going to be too fond of this one. Okay. Oh, going, no, I'm excited. Oh, it pushes my boundary, so I'm excited for that. We're going noise by Ghostman. Way okay. different. Way different than Mad Villainy. But still, but it's I'll a let, phenomenal I'll let George pick. I got I to gotta look at what I'm, what I'm going to pick out. Okay. So, it was a very close high. Um, and I'm going to give you guys the option, actually. No, 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 no. Pick between these two albums. No, 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 no. You have to pick. We don't get to help. You pick. Okay. Oh, I don't know, man. Um, I didn't think this through. So I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick El Camino by the Black Keys. El Camino by the by the Black Keys. Damn. Okay. Wow! I like what that. a pick! What a pick, dude! Uh, Man, I haven't heard that in like ten years. I'm stoked to listen to that, dude. I look. I listen to like it's like just like Nas's album. Like, there's very few albums that I could fully say I could listen to it front to back without skipping any song. Right. I'm happy with every song that plays. That album definitely is there up there with Nas. Oh, it's yeah. crazy, completely different, but you know, it's just it's a banger, dude. <laughs> it's a fucking banger. Hell yeah. We'll have to put this in the if it ain't bolded chat just to remind everybody. Yeah, so actually, so Jacob, to give you more time, um, Jacob and I were talking about I had made a playlist um, adding our albums, but Jacob had a point actually where we start a playlist and add the favorite songs off the albums that we're going to talk about or have talked about. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. If we do like have a playlist for both the full albums of everything that we've talked about and then one of the favorite songs, we have like two separate ones. So double ones? Okay. I know what I'm picking. I am looking for it. If it ain't Boldy, dude, I swear. Uh, it's too soon for Boldy. Definitely too soon. Um, where did I put this, man? I got it. You might have to repeat it because Dorian's out the picture. Yeah, I'm waiting wait for, wait for Dorian. Actually, don't, don't tell me. I want to. Yeah, get, yeah, get yeah. Not, I ain't going to tell you. Reaction out of it. Did you expect I was going to pick El Camino? What? 
did you expect I was going to pick El Camino from the Black Keys? I did not, no. <laughs> I, dude, I, I do love that album, though. Super yeah, I was actually going to pick, and this might be the next one, but well, actually, I'll save it. I'm not going to say anything. I know yeah, what did you pick, pick, Jacob? All right, my pick. For... Hold on. Before you say that, uh, Dorian, uh, when he says it, and then we peace out, uh, then you stop recording. I actually want to stay in the chat for a little bit and talk about like how this went. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So my pick, my pick for next week. Um... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it had to come. Got to come at some point. Why not right now? You know. Exactly. Not, We're gonna talk about some crazy shit. Off, and it's like that fucking. We'll get That's into it. <laughs> That's a heater, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for sure. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it next week. Yeah. Uh, well, if you are watching, thank you so much for stopping by, Jacob, George. Thank you for agreeing to do this shit with me. Uh, this was pretty awesome, pretty fun. We're at an hour of ten minutes of recording right now. That'll probably get sliced down to just under an hour. Um, great topics, great albums. Uh, had a blast listening to some of this stuff again. Uh, now that I'm, you know, a little bit older than I was the first time I heard it. Very excited to, for next episode. We're going to have multiple Same. genres. Yeah. This is going to be very yeah. different. Um, very different vibes. Little man Ollie's going to say goodbye. We got, we got Ollie here. But Definitely. this was episode one of What You Spinning. I'm Dorian Dilly. Peace out. Later.